journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Feeling full of energy. Really? I've got that righteous justice energy running through my veins. I've also had this is my second cup of coffee, so that's partially why I've got some justice running through my veins. You're cheating on me having a cup of coffee before we get started? You know, I used to work with a guy who would call uh, just like a little cocaine off of the end of your pinky nail a cup of coffee. And so now anytime somebody says something about a cup of coffee, I think about that guy. I love it. Mind virus. Mind virus. Yep, can't stop. <laughs> Even though I don't want to. Keep I want to that be guy. your most savage mind virus. That is some 13 year old emo person's poetry yes. from, from the mid 2000s like the early to mid 2000s yes there's some line in twilight that talks about that like you are my greatest heroine or something something super intense that i remember being like wow <laughs> i wish someone felt like that about me hey guess what if you're between the ages of 13 and 25 i guarantee you there's some horny ass dude that feels that way oh my gosh can i be your mind virus please <laughs> Every day you are. Daily. <laughs> so speaking of mind viruses, today's topic is going to be one that's a little bit lighter, but maybe not than what we've been used to. <laughs> I wouldn't call it light. Yeah, I wouldn't call it light either. So the today's topic is Britney Spears and her whole conservatorship and the free Britney movement, because even though it's been going on for a while now, there have been some recent developments. There's a court date coming up here toward the end of the month, and basically Britney is not looking to lose her conservatorship she's looking to have it changed to someone who isn't her dad and who's a professional conservator who has no financial interest in her other than being her fiduciary standing up for her and making sure that her investments are made because if you don't know what's going on with the free britney movement right now basically we all remember 12 years ago she had her breakdown after getting divorced from kevin federline shaved her head that famous picture where she's shaving her own head in public and like running around looking like a beat up Barbie doll that you let your three-year-old little brother play with. Like Cynthia from the Rugrats. Like Cynthia, yes. Iconic. Iconic, yeah. yes. Cynthia's like a fashion icon. Mm -hmm. So Britney that was... That was 2008, by the way. Yeah, so 2008, Britney's looking like Cynthia from Rugrats. And basically a court says, hey, you are both well enough to continue performing and doing your job and functioning in certain ways as an adult, but at the same time, you're also too crazy to... Manage your own money. See your kids when you want to see them. Uh, all sorts of different stuff. And so basically that's been going on for 12 years. And Britney's fans have basically come to the conclusion that her father is kind of keeping Britney as a slave almost through this conservatorship and using her wealth for his personal gain. And he's come back on those allegations and said, I have to report everything that I spend to the California court system. And they audit it and they make sure. I don't know. When you get into legal stuff like that, it gets really... If, if you have good lawyers, it can be really easy to make anything sound like it's legally good and well for any situation, for any. So I'm not sure how much I believe that, but I do trust the court system that they wouldn't let someone take advantage of someone who was mentally ill to the point of needing a conservator. So, yeah. It was weird to hear you say just now that you would trust the court system. I would that like was, to. I know, it was just an interesting... Not that I have faith in a lot of institutions, but yeah. I ideally would like to have faith in something. Right, right, right. I also want to clarify that just in those references to like Cynthia from Rugrats and the way we kind of flippantly discussed 2008, I was 
my intention and I don't think his intention was to make light out of serious mental health breakdowns. Those are something I take very seriously and I think it's not it's not a jovial or laughing matter that's someone's life, that's someone having a really hard time and so I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I was trying to be funny, you know, tell joke, but also that joke was coming from a place of toxicity maybe. But that's okay. We've all got all toxicity in us growing up in the United States. We're steeped in it. So back to Brittany. Basically, there's been a wellspring of support for her from her fans, but it's also kind of gotten into conspiracy theory territory. I guess there are multiple podcasts now that talk about the Free Britney movement. And there's one that specifically just looked at her Instagram and it was two comedians where they would riff on whatever funny stuff or like basic bitchness that she was thrown up on the gram, and then eventually her gram just went silent. And that led to people thinking, is something nefarious going on? Has there been something nefarious going on? That's kind of like the gist of it. All the background information, I think we got people up to date with it. And so I kind of wanted to use this as a framework for just discussing the idea of a conservatorship. It's kind of strange to me that if a court was going to say that someone was so mentally ill that they wouldn't be able to manage their own finances, that they would have not a family member, but some third party, somebody who has a fiduciary responsibility to that person. Because having a family member be basically in control of another family member can cause a lot of drama and hurt feelings. And is that always in the best interest of the person in the conservatorship? I would like to have someone, like Brittany's requesting with this most recent filing, someone who's not related to her, who's a professional. Since you're getting into mental health as a job and all of that, do you think that that's a good idea? Do you think that that's the way that that system should be structured? I think most things are relative, so it would depend on the family and the relationship. But in general, I agree with you. I think love distorts things, and when you have the capacity to be that close to someone as a relative, Mm -hmm. you have the capacity to hurt them. And be be, hurt by them. And be hurt by them, right. And your care can distort your judgment, Mm -hmm. your level of being too close to them. So I think someone who's not emotionally invested in the situation would be able to make more unbiased decisions. Mm -hmm. That said, some would also argue that they wouldn't have the same level of passion and care for the the role. Mm -hmm. That's where you'd have to find someone who's super professional. Like you said, the best. Yeah, because then at that point, ideally, the state is employing people who actually want to do their jobs. Right. And how do you get people to actually want to do their job? You pay them well, you support them, you respect them, things like that. Well, and I mean, if we're being real about it, she's famous enough that she would probably get someone really, really good. But someone who wasn't that famous would not necessarily have access to the best conservators or like the most professional or the most dedicated to Mm -hmm. their jobs. But just in in light of her privilege she she has access to those things so you're so we're saying yes there are qualified professional alternatives to her father mm-hmm. because of her access yeah so yeah and you kind of like backed into another thing that I wanted to talk about if if she wasn't incredibly wealthy would we have this whole conservatorship thing going on or so, or basically does this happen to wealthy mentally ill people but for non-wealthy mentally ill people so you know. for non-wealthy mentally ill people you get case managers mm-hmm. for wealthy people you get conservators oh my god another two-tiered thing in our society yes two-tiered I was healthcare. just looking this up god damn it so are you familiar with case managers? Yeah, I well, so for why don't you go ahead and explain for people who their duties include assessing their client, planning with their client, implementing the plans for their client, monitoring and evaluating the client's progress. So really what that means is you are helping your 
client with usually typically it's a severe and persistent mental illness you're helping your client navigate social services if they need housing paperwork filled out you're helping them with any sort of paperwork helping them navigate social services that they need in order mm -hmm. to succeed in society acting as their advocate you act as their advocate you help them coordinate with their medical team so you're maybe attending doctor's appointments with them helping them pick up their medication maybe working alongside an assistant a psychosocial worker helping them make sure that mm -hmm. they get their groceries access to any mental health groups that they take part in mm -hmm. therapy appointments making sure that they get there so uh, making sure that they can maintain their housing pay their bills mm -hmm. um just plant, helping them, assisting them in arranging their affairs mm -hmm. and kind of tracking their progress. So you're also in charge of assessing where they're at and tracking that process and trying to enhance the quality of their life essentially by helping them do day-to-day, week-to-week planning, facilitating type mm -hmm. stuff. So it's not that much different, right? Mm -hmm. You, as a case manager, you may not have control of their bank account, but you're helping them. Okay, we got paid today. Like, what are we going to do with this? Where mm -hmm. are we going to deposit this? Okay, this is the bills that you said you wanted to get paid. So you're kind of collaborating with the client to make sure that their needs are met. Mm -hmm. This all sounds incredibly important and difficult and trying work. And I'm sure that these people are supported and paid well. They are and... overworked, <laughs> underpaid. I've worked in a community mental health center before. These case managers are busting their asses. They're driving their own vehicles, trying to track mileage and track their clients and getting calls at all hours and not 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 being paid enough. And there are plenty of passionate people who would love to work with certain populations and demographics and do a lot of good, but the pay, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you're not attracting everyone who would necessarily want to do the job. It's a hard job to do. So I worked as a psychosocial worker. So I was administering medication and, and driving people to the grocery store, or the pharmacy, or taking people to the hospital or picking them up after a hospitalization or uh, just attending to people's basic needs, but the case workers were who were I would answer to if I had questions about the client's affairs. Mm -hmm. Or if a client came to me wanting help with an application, I would refer them to their case manager because I wouldn't want to botch their situation, mm -hmm. right? So, so yeah, case managers, that's an important role in just the community, in communities across the country mm -hmm. for mental health maintenance. And kind of like Brittany, these are people who are able, they don't need to be institutionalized or hospitalized full time. You're well enough to be out in the world, but mm -hmm. not well enough to function in society and manage bills and rent and all these things that are really hard in general for people to do. So it's like that in between where you can live an independent and autonomous life with assistance. Mm -hmm. All right, so quick review. If if you are rich, you get a conservator, and if you are poor, you get a case manager. Let's just take a second and let that marinate. My God, we live in a capitalist hellscape. Cool. So speaking of more capitalist hellscape stuff, I want to just talk about the idea of conspiracy real quick and why it latches on, because 90% of me thinks there's nothing screwy going on other than this weird structuring of how this relationship is between Brittany and her father and all of that sort of stuff. I think that, like I said earlier, there's probably systems in place that make sure that bad stuff and like malfeasance and all of that don't occur. But there are a lot of people out there who are basically saying Britney Spears is being kept as a slave by her father and her father's leeching off of her and all sorts of other stuff. You see it a lot with celebrities more than anything just because, you know, they've got so many fans that care about them that have ideas that maybe aren't fully formed or maybe they don't have all of the information and they're making, you know, decisions based on partial information or misinformation or things like that. 
And just lately, it seems like conspiracy theories have been going crazy. You know, you see this whole Free Britney thing. QAnon is actually showing up on the local news in Kansas. On the TV morning news, I walked by and saw stuff that I'd seen on 4chan years ago showing up on the mainstream news. The country is starved for conspiracy theories and just eating all of them up. I mean, you're a journalist or you, that was, that's your degree, one of your degrees. I'm sure you're also linking this to how compromised the integrity of the journalistic profession has become and as a result of right-wing, like, yeah. what do you even call that? Campaign against truth <laughs> truth and fact and science and journalism. So when you can't trust anything that's reputable, mm -hmm. you turn to, it's almost like everything is free game now in, yeah. in the social consciousness mm -hmm. of seeking information. So if everything's free game and facts mean nothing, it makes sense that conspiracy theories would all of a sudden become legit. Mm -hmm. and, and you just made me think we have someone in the White House right now who plays up conspiracy theories, actively That's pushes what them out. I was trying out, to like... say without acknowledging that that office. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let us not speak. I just like kind of walk around saying it because I, I don't know. I live in my own reality where there's a different executive branch mm -hmm. currently. One of the reasons I find these conspiracies, them getting so popular now, so frightening is because of what you said. Anything can be the truth now. Yeah. Even if you go and you research and you find good, reliable sources that aren't trying to, I don't know, make you put a tinfoil hat on and spin around in circles to make sure that the aliens don't get you, that kind of thing. It just makes me worry that if we as a society aren't on the same page about what the truth is, that that kind of helps to undo the social fabric that we've all come to enjoy. You know, that social contract of I'm not going to be a crazy person at you, you don't be a crazy person at me. Babe, what you're describing is what's been happening for the last four years, five years. Like, I it's already happening. Sleep. The fabric has come undone and hence seeing 4chan conspiracies on the daily news. Mm -hmm. You're describing a what if, like hypothetical, but it's, that's our reality. Yeah. So well. the fabric is, the seams are busted. I feel like going and shaving my head a la 2008 Britney and having a breakdown because the world's just so crazy.